Hello and welcome to Pixelated Realms, your guide through the digital landscape, untangling the mysteries of your favorite titles and discussing the latest and greatest in video game fun. I'm your host, Alex Slater, and alongside me is my brother, Tyler, and my good friend, Dustin. How's it going, guys? Hello, hello. hello. I'm to try hey, something good morning. this week, playing Power World as we podcast. <laughs> oh, dangerous. Love it. Living on the edge. We'll see. He's going to get distracted. The obsession and... is real. It it's is. too much. It is. I mean, so today we're definitely going to be talking a little bit about Power World. We can't get enough of it. We've been addicted, or at least I have been. Um, no housekeeping today, other than the fact that we've been trying to stay within 45 minutes, and we've gone over almost every single time, so we're going to try to be a little bit better about that. But what are you guys playing? What are you guys looking forward to? So, uh, as as our viewers may may know, if you've been listening, um, I'm our I'm our resident fighting game uh, player. So, uh, um, although I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat, and our, since since we've started the show, I've been playing Mortal Kombat. Um, I got to say, the uh, Tekken Eight appeal really got to me, and I started watching streamers, and and I started uh, you know watching some of the gameplay and lore behind Tekken, and you know it. You know, if if you've watched this podcast for a while, I think you might know that I have a hard time resisting buying new games. <laughs> and kind of why we started this podcast, right? Um, and so I eventually <laughs> ended up... Yeah. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, downloading the demo. And I was like, if I can play Mortal Kombat, I should surely be able to play Tekken. Um, and I would really love if that clip was seen by the entire fighting game community because I, it'll go viral and I will become the laughing stock of all fighting games. <laughs> uh, but it is uh it is a really enjoyable fighting game i gotta say i played two hours of the the demo and i said to myself okay man like if you're gonna play more than two hours of a demo maybe you should just invest <laughs> so i ended up buying it this weekend i beat the story mode the story mode was super enjoyable i love the i love the cross between an incredibly serious like like world war three like terrible loss blood and family uh conflict that's happening countered with like the panda bears and the punching kangaroos in tekken like it's such a silly world in tekken like it's super serious it's super serious like the fate of the world is determined by a freaking fighting tournament but there's also kangaroos that punch people and have boxing, you know, like experience. And so it's it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a couple new features that are really cool. Um, after I finished the story mode, um, they have this thing called Arcade Quest, which was actually a big surprise. And another thing that kind of just helped me to pull the trigger on the game. And basically you play as a, um, what do you call it? Just like a typical kind of avatar, cartoony avatar. And you... Uh, get to go to different arcade locations in this virtual world and play against people on physical arcade Tekken consoles. And so it's kind of this virtual game within the game. Um, and uh, you get to do tournaments and you get to kind of feel like you're a professional player and it teaches you the game as you go through it. Um, and as I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, Tekken's a, a pretty complicated fighting game. Um, I'm actually kind of blown away by how uh, complex it is and how much... Uh, depth there is to each character and move sets and button choices compared to Mortal Kombat, which is my main source of experience. And uh, 
now that I'm getting used to it, I'm really enjoying it and I'm really having a great time, but it's been a big adjustment. Um, and I, I, I gotta say though, I'm really impressed and I think this has been a really good release for them. And I think they are really, uh, I think they're going to be really happy with the success they're seeing uh, at the moment. So I'm not a fighter game person. I did play Mortal Kombat. What, what's the big difference between like Tekken and Mortal Kombat? So there's some pretty dramatic differences you might say they're not even super comparable um there is certain fighting game aspects that are present but they're just unique to or i would say uh non-unique to all fighting games so you know all fighting games have three parts of a move that a character does um you have your startup you have your active frames and you have your recovery your startup is how many frames and you can also think of this as milliseconds right so how many milliseconds of time is it going to take to activate that attack right that punch the active is how many frames or milliseconds that punch is actually going to contact the player and do damage and then the recovery is the time it takes your character mm-hmm. to recover from that which they cannot do in action so that that concept is still present and I, i'm pretty sure almost every action game and fighting game has this to some degree um but kind of everything else is completely new um one thing that's very significant is that in mortal Kombat, uh you utilize your left right up down and your one through four buttons um so there's quite a few combinations there, as you imagine, you know, back one, two, back three, four, forward three, four, and so on. In Tekken, they decided that, no, that's not enough. That many combinations is for is for uh, simpletons. In Tekken, <laughs> they utilize not only left, right, up, down, but they utilize all of the diagonals, all eight of all. So eight directions. They also utilize all of the button combinations. So not just one, two, three, four. They utilize one plus two, one plus two plus three, one plus two plus three plus four. And so you start to understand that Tekken is a lot more of a um, a, uh, a joystick or a um, gamepad type of game um, mm. because of its origins in the arcade. I mean, of course, Mortal Kombat also has origins in the arcade, but it's adapted to a more controller-friendly environment. Tekken, um, I would guarantee that a, a vast majority of, of the high-level players probably play on gamepads because the game is just designed and thought of in that manner. It sounds um, insanely complicated just from you talking about it. This is this is why I'm always hesitant to get into like these fighting games because it like requires like a technical manual just to get no. started. Well, yeah, I, I got to be honest, though, that's the part that pulls me in. And and I know it sounds intimidating, and I felt exactly the same way. That's why I didn't buy the game initially. Um, but I said to myself, I was like, no, the f- I have fun learning those things. And yes, it's challenging. But um, one piece of advice that I would reiterate that has been given to me in every video that I have watched, which, you know, thank God for our other content creators and YouTubers out there who are helping everyone, uh, you know, learn these games is pick a character you think looks cool and just practice them and play them. And over time and through experience, and as long as you're playing on the correct difficulty level, the game will still be fun and you will slowly learn, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that natural progression of learning. Um, Now, of course, there's some fundamental things you need to understand. Like, for example, um, 
in Tekken, you can do something called a uh, low parry. And that's a mechanic I've never heard of before. It's not in Mortal Kombat. Uh, to my understanding, it's not in Street Fighter. Um, it's not in Super Smash Brothers. If I hold down and forward when someone tries to perform a low attack on me, it does an automatic parry of their move. And so it's to me, there's like a lot of very interesting elements to this game. And I love the challenge of learning a new fighting game. And and as I as I just mentioned, you know, once you pick a character and you've spent, let's just say, 10 hours on that character, your view of the game will change dramatically. This list of moves that seemed almost impossible to remember after you know whatever 50 matches on a character will seem a lot less intimidating and you Mm -hmm. will feel so much more confident in your specific choices as you go um and so that's where it becomes a lot of fun and you and you go well i know my guy's gonna do this so i can adjust and do this and then it becomes this cool one-on-one boxing match um and and so once you feel the kind of how do I, I, I'd lo- I, I don't know how to put it well. I would say like, once you feel like you kind of can, your actions are equating to what the character's doing and you're actually having this kind of one-on-one with another human being, um, that's where fighting games shine and become a lot of fun. You don't have to be good at them, viewers. You don't have to be good at Tekken. You don't have to be good at Mortal Kombat. You don't have to, it, the, the stuff that the pros are doing does not apply to you. It doesn't matter. It's going to inhibit your fun unless you are specifically looking to become a competitive player. So mm-hmm. for anyone out there who's considering uh, picking up Tekken or picking up Mortal Kombat or any fighting game, you know, come at it from a place of fun. Have fun, man. <laughs> uh, don't don't worry about being good. Don't worry about optimal combos that'll drag you down use that as a tool to encourage yourself to keep playing and maintain interest but just have fun and um that's that that would be my little spiel for for fighting games today that's just what loser players say (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's okay (laughs) you get good slowly guys it's a marathon not a race or yeah Um, i don't think i could ever I think I could play my entire life and never get good enough to even beat the most casual player. <laughs> no, it's not like that. I mean, there's another thing to say about some fighting games. I think, for example, I, I think everyone on this podcast has played Super Smash Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Super Smash Brothers is a different kind of fighting game in a lot of ways. I think Super Smash Brothers, and not to derail our topic here too badly, but Super Smash Brothers, in my opinion, is the fighting game that does natural controls the best. I have n- I always felt like in Super Smash Brothers, just about every game that you can pretty much without. I mean, there isn't combo lists. There's no move lists in Super well, Smash Brothers, but Super you Smash figure Brothers it out. Is, it's how simple the game is. The game is so That's simple, what I mean. but complicated at the same time. But anybody can have a casual get knocked off the thing. I'm always like, oh, you knocked me off. I'm dead. Yeah, you win. But I mean, that was something that's something I really appreciated about those games, though, because, of course, we played them casually for years. And uh, once again, you know, as every teenager in their uh, hometown thought they were the shit, you know, among because they were the best in among their friends, you know, only to find out that they're really not even that good once they go to a local competition, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Uh. which, you know, I'm saying is us like that. That was us. We're like, yeah, we're so good at this game. I'm like, well, who do you play? Well, my same friends every day. You know, it's yeah. like, well, you're good against them. <laughs> so, um, but like, it's, it. I would say to some degree, and the game tries to bridge this gap, going back to Tekken, 
it's definitely not quite as friendly um and self-explanatory mm-hmm. right there's definitely some things i've had to say like okay i'm looking up a specific video what is a wall smash or what is this this low parry um and so yeah that creates a barrier to entry um the the developers understand this they know it's one of the it's it i think it's kind of referred to as like the most hardcore fighter in the sense that it has the most i don't want to say it has the most death because that's a little bit of a loaded statement but it has plenty of complexity and learning curve um but really great addition to the tekken franchise i'm gonna keep playing it um i'm enjoying it if you're if you're interested i definitely recommend it um but uh yeah i think that's that's kind of my thoughts about tekken how about you dustin yeah dustin tell me what have you been playing well first off (laughs) i was gonna say that you know it sounds like there is no true evo champion unless you're a tekken evo champion who's calling him out so uh sonic fox i hope you've won tekken he's playing he's streaming right now probably playing some tekken so i don't call out sonic Fox. i don't want to i don't want sonic fox anywhere near my tekken games (laughs) any fighting game i play guy's incredible at fighting games he's a goat for sure um I got to do so I, so Did I just hear some Power World in the background, or am I going crazy? I think you did earlier. I purposely <laughs> muted it now because I was like, oh, they can hear me <laughs> discovering, uh, hear me discovering whatchamacallit, um, waypoints. So yeah. I'm actually standing here looking at this giant Gyarados looking fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And the water, I'm like, he's level 45. He's going to one shot me, but I really want him in my collection. So, but yeah, after last week and my disdain for Power World, I still have issues with it, but I did pick it up, and so I've been playing, and I'm playing as we're talking right now, and it's been fun. You know, like, it's glitchy. There's definitely glitches in it. Like, I've had it multiple times where the load screens get stuck, and you just have to keep trying to get in, and, like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of rubber bandy. So, like, it's definitely an early access game. Like, it feels early access, but uh, I'm definitely having a lot of fun just... um, exploring really like i'm bringing like pokemon go mentality into pal world as in that like i'm not actually doing what i'm supposed to be doing i'm just like looking Mm -hmm. for shinies or luckies Mm -hmm. they call it in this game i'm like where are all the luckies uh so i'm just like literally running around i like uh um exploring the map uh getting rid of the fog of war and um freaking yeah just looking for stuff enjoying it yeah it's cool Cool. though it's cool one thing I do got to say about Power World since we last spoke about it, and I did say some of my thoughts last week, uh, is that map is huge. I mean, I, I'm kind of impressed, to be honest. I'm like, oh, I got to be through most of the map now. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm like not even halfway through. Yeah, well, and they I, I left Googled a large portion of it <laughs> open, which makes me think that they're going to add new. Well, they, they came out and announced their roadmap, right? And the roadmap suggests that they're going to add new islands. So I think they left like. 30% of the map open or something like that to yeah. add new islands in the future, add new pals, expand the game beyond where it currently is, which is already very full. Like it's already a very full, complete game. If they just polished it, I don't think they could go wrong, but they said that they're going to continue to maintain it and they're going to continue to add new things. And that's very exciting. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've been playing all week. This is the only thing I've been playing. I'm addicted. I think it's so much fun. Finally got Dustin on the train to join us join our base which is absolutely mayhem right now our, our poor yeah. base we keep redesigning it over and over and over again and everyone our starving has different pals 
everyone's starving everyone's depressed <laughs> everyone is is yeah it's it's a mess but the game is is super fun it's fun yeah i've just yeah. been trolling i've been changing people's uh room names been locking people's rooms that were were unlocked like our friend Jake, chaos I incarnate a, i put a vault uh, on his door so he can get to his uh eggs it's pretty funny <laughs> Did, so, Jake ever, did he ever notice? Did he ever reach out to you? Because I was worried that he might actually get upset, so I took it off. Um, but uh, I did, so, you know, change everyone's room names. I think Tyler, I put yours as the Tyler's lame room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Just question now. Can you just destroy that door? Yeah. We were talking about it. Yeah, we think so. I was like, couldn't he just destroy the door? <laughs> There's no, yeah. like, I think it's more for, like, non people within the guild out of the guild yeah <laughs> yeah so like if you had multiple guilds on the server then they can't come into your room or, or to the door or whatever but if you're in the same guild it doesn't matter they can just go they can even you can knock the floor out beneath it if you're above and you know just drop in like well, there's like a thousand guys, this ways was literally the first thing i did when i got in the game i was like oh i'm in the game I'm, oh I'm the base oh let's change the room names to different room names exactly so, <laughs> kind of come in hard trolling. I expected that kind of stuff from Emily. Well, well actually, the, both of you. She told me she's like, "You got to join this and, and troll around with me." She's like, "I'm going to play this game, join, so I have another troll." I was like, "I'm surprised right, you fine. haven't tried to find the pal that looks like uh, a bimbo." There's that uh, not troll. Did I say troll? The uh, pal. There's a pal. No, that you said has, pal. I said pal. Okay. I, there's a pal that has like this like heart shaped chest. It's like a girl. It looks like a girl and it's supposed to kind of look like breasts. And then it has, wow. like, it's like, it's like this Isn't weird, like, like Valentine's like cow looking thing. I don't know, but it's odd. And I'm I know everybody's didn't, like, been try sexualizing and find that one. it. Yeah. I know, of course. All, you know, all the furries. I mean, leave it to the internet. The, <laughs> yeah. Well, the internet will take literally a piece of, you know, coal on the floor and sexualize Rule it somehow. Rule 34. Rule 34. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, we've been <laughs> well. Well, we've been having uh, fun playing Power World this week. There's been a lot of uh, kind of earth shattering news in the video game industry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it. It just seems like this week was was kind of uh, taking it from catastrophic to apocalyptic as in terms of layoffs in the video game world. Um, I think uh, we could take a little bit of our end time here to discuss some of those. Uh, some of those layoffs and kind of what our views are on that. I mean, just to be real uh, from a consumer standpoint, cause that is really what I am at this, at this moment. Um, it just, it just seems kind of weird. Like it, it, I, I'm a little confused why it just seems like this trend of these companies to go, Oh wait, you know, everyone's laying people off. Like we also have to like get our layoffs in right now. Like it, it, from an outside perspective, it's just like really strange to me and it makes everyone look bad. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, I feel for these people. I know these, you know, people who are affected by this and it's really like, mm-hmm. it just seems like a negative to me. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Talk to me about your feelings as this news well, has. It's uh, crazy yeah. because like, it's so perfectly staggered where like, I've had mm-hmm. friends like legitimately start asking like, are these like coordinated across like these companies? We're like, right. hey, we're going to do layoffs on like the 27th. Oh, we're going to do it on the 31st. And like, and from a PR perspective, it's like really kind of smart in a, as, in a sense because like the news cycle is always moving. 
right? Like who's talking about Discord's massive layoffs last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. I, did, I didn't even know Discord had you know? them. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or Twitch had massive layoffs. Who's talking about that this week now? Because Microsoft and um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I, Microsoft was so big. I'm already a riot. I'm already blanking on this other one. Yeah. I did. Right. It's like it's happening so frequently. Like it's like we need to do it now because someone's yeah. else is going to be doing it next week, and people will already forget about ours. It'll be brushed under the rug. Yeah. It's, it's the Donald well, Trump effect, right? The tragedy on tragedy on tragedy. You forget about the first tragedy, yeah. right? And well, the good news is though is that it's still being reported, right? Because there's almost a point and. I don't. I don't know if right now is if the layoffs are more than usual or if they're just starting to be reported more, or what. But it's like we easily could stop reporting on these or at least burying them deeper in the news cycle, and then it would just become like an everyday thing. And I don't think layoffs should ever become non-newsworthy because they're so impactful. Like I feel like we should be shaming companies to kind of prevent them to from doing this like so often because like let's be honest layoffs are a corporate executive failure and yes but they don't pay the price and like listen i understand business and there's going to be a lot of like apologists out there who are like what you know it's there's all these reasons for layoffs and it's like valid and all these things and stuff like that and while i disagree i understand that perspective and it's like poor planning on my part it is poor management it's you know i mean even like nintendo came out and gave a statement um on i I forgot which executive but one of the executives came out and said uh you know we can't build trust with our employees if they're always afraid that they're going to be laid off and we can't build a good but um but yeah oh is it it's it's still valid yeah yeah it's still valid and then and like and while you know that's it it's like a little bit of a tangent it's it's like all these companies are losing trust They're, you know, so we should be bringing it to the forefront. We should be bringing it to the front of mind and we should never get used to it to the point of where we're like, oh, it's just another layoff because, you know, at that point, no job is safe. And it's just really sad because these people that are getting let off devote their entire lives, work so hard, work harder yeah. than a lot of industries because they're passionate. And like, let's be honest, gamers are rude and demanding and really want their games and they want them now and they want them high quality so these people are stressed all the time working really hard and they have families and stuff like that just for a company to like be so disrespectful and just say hey thank you for all your hard work but bye you know you're just a number to us exactly with no true and it's not even like a lead up to it there's no like hey guys like we're doing everything we can to prevent this no it's you get a random you know, HR bomb email that says, Hey, we're talking in 10 minutes. Hey, you're fired. You know, like they don't even, they're not. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I don't understand why they think like that would roll over well for anybody. Like it's insane to me that that's like just the common thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to say like, of course, I mean, I, I, I know things are slightly different in the video game industry. However, like from a business standpoint, uh, that is something you know, I can understand and I I don't understand it. You know, it's it's it I I, I hate to you know make somewhat of an assumption, but I, I don't need to assume too much because I just know how this works is 
every year you need to share growth with your investors, with your stockholders, whether it's a private company or whether it's a public company. You need to be showing that your company is consistently growing. You're the highest level of people, CEOs, VPs, whatever, they will do anything it takes to keep that company growing in value, whether that means they need to cut labor, if they need to cut mm-hmm. projects, um, that, that is all they care about. They're not thinking like, oh, you know, Diablo 4, I, you know, we really need to get this cool co- piece of content included in that. No, they don't, they don't care. It is, it is a numbers game. They have this many employees that cost them this much money. If they cut 15% of their employees, they can show growth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what the market. It doesn't matter if it's COVID. It doesn't matter if it, it it. When it comes to the highest levels, it is about money and you can make the numbers say what you want. Um, and, and, you know, and it's these people who suffer, like you said, I, you know, I can't express how much sympathy I have for these people who, you know, are working and putting their life into these video games. I read some accounts on Reddit. Um, and one of them was an Overwatch developer. Um, you know, shout outs. I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I don't have the username on hand. Um, but, you know, it was just to the effect of, you know, I got this was my dream job. I've been working here for many, many years. I put my heart and soul into everything we've done. I've spent overtime, you know, an extra time, blood, sweat and tears. And, you know, I was just cut, you know, in a, in a day's time. Mm-hmm. And, and I just like. It's so sad. It's so sad. That these people who I want in those seats are now being ostracized and part of this you know crappy business system and you know not being kind of appreciated so that's my bit i just i just feel really bad and and i wish i could do more to like help this yeah and it you know the i know i have a little bit of insight to how business works too and like that's totally right that's how it works and it's everyone is just a number and it's also even more so than that so a lot of a lot of companies not all a lot of companies what they do is they project their earnings for the next fiscal year exactly and and what they do is they take loans based off of that projection and they use those loans for payroll so they say hey next year we expect 20 percent more whatever number 10 percent more uh revenue than we normally have they go to the bank they get a payroll loan for their employees because what this does and the reason they use loans and not the cash that they have on hand is cash on hand is often used for investments to continue to grow the company and then they take loans to basically get a competitive edge against other companies right so they borrow their money to get at like really low interest rates and then they pay their employees with that money and so if at the end of the year so they're basically making a bet right they're gambling with other people's jobs and then they're saying hey, if at the end of the year they didn't meet that number and they still need to pay back that loan, what do they do? They have to cut those people because they bet those people's jobs ahead of time. Right. And those people don't even know, right? They don't even know that their job was bet on these monies. And, and a lot of companies do this. And so it's like, yeah, they. and then on top of that, what you said was true. So there's this like all these compounding things that like executives know that this is a possibility and they don't give a shit. And like, not all, obviously we're making blanket statements here, but the ones that are, are doing these layoffs, they don't give a shit. And you I are mean, just I a think pawn. you almost have to be somewhat of a sociopath to like be that high up in a, in a major company totally. because there's always going to be like tough decisions that have to be made, you know? And like, it's really shitty. Like, like, look at like, I agree with everything you said, like 
projections, hundred percent. Like that's, you know, like it's not about, did they lose money on this? It's like, like, like Blizzard, Activision, Microsoft, they're not losing money. Like they're worth like mm-hmm. trillions of dollars, right? Like, like they have lots it's about of money, growth, but they're not hitting the projection that they thought they were going to hit. And so that's the issue is like their stock's not going to go up, you know? But there are cases with smaller studios, startups, things like that are much different. They have to lay people off because maybe their first product did not do as well as they thought it was going to. And they have to scale the team back. So like not every situation is is the same. But yeah, you see like discords and twitches and Microsofts and riots. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know, it's it's poor management at the top like like it is like a cool down from covid you know a lot of companies overhired during covid because the industry was seeing this incredible growth but i mean any executive who couldn't have like foreseen that that was going to be a temporary burst is you know like it's like what we again like it's like they've seen all this growth they're able to borrow money or like make these massive projections based off of the influx of players and thought hey we'll worry about what this is going to look like in two years, in two years. That's, that's two yeah. years from these problems. Not, you know, let's not pretend they didn't know that this was going to have to happen. Yeah, like, ex- exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's like, no way. Thought, like, I'll worry about that in two years when I have to lay all these people off, you know? Yeah. They knew this was coming. They knew this was a possibility. These layoffs weren't probably were planned a long time ago. And the reason, like, because there's no way that all of these companies didn't predict a decline. I mean, these are some of the biggest companies in the world, Microsoft and, and such. And, and like, there's no way, one, they talk to each other, but there's no way that not one accountant was like, hey, just so you know, there's no way we can sustain this level of growth and it's going to dip back to normal levels at some point. And they're like, yeah, we know. We don't care. You know, one thing I think that's worth mentioning on a more positive note uh, is, you know, there was some CEOs who took pay cuts or executives who took pay cuts so that they didn't have to, uh, layoff individuals i think uh the one that's getting a lot of recognition right now is nintendo which is i i believe something that's also happened in the past um but i think we should also recognize those individuals who do understand mm-hmm. the bigger picture understand the value of their employees and their trust and are willing to make that sacrifice and you know maybe one less yacht this year to uh to keep keep that uh instilled yeah i mean i think that's the way to go and you know i was i was talking about this with somebody the other day i think what's going to end up happening with all these layoffs so right now is what's happening is there are more people in the job market right now than there are open positions so there's a there's a surplus and it's going to do one of two it's going to do two things one it's going to drive down the salaries which is really unfortunate across the the industry and i almost like it's hard not to be conspiracy like have a conspiracy theory around this that all these companies like i don't think that they're working together but it's like they kind of like know like oh i know all these other companies are going to lay off people so everyone's going to get to lower down their salaries overall saving money because now everybody's going to be wanting a job and needing a job so they're going to take lower salaries but um, what I think some maybe one of the positives that come out of this, if I mean, it's a light positive, but it's still possibly a positive is I think we're going to see a lot of indie companies sprout out of this because not every single developer is going to be able to get a new job. And so what's going to happen is a lot of these developers are going to band together and they're going to create their own indie companies. So I predict I think in the next like five years or so, we're going to see a lot of these like really small five-man, ten-man team kind of games coming out and maybe a new kind of small burst of indie games coming out. And 
that would be cool. And I would, you know, I mean, it's not cool that people lost their jobs and that they're struggling. They're probably very stressed and they're doing this out of necessity. That's not cool, but it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody out there is listening and they have any developer friends that were laid off, I would actually love to have them on the show and have them tell their story. Um, I would love to, you know, kind of get that information out there, um, showcase people, let them tell, you know, like let them have a voice in all of this and how they feel. So yeah, spread the word. Share some talent, man. We'd love to have you. Well, wonderful. Does uh, any other anticipated games, big news, what's happening? Uh, uh, how's everyone, how's everyone uh, feeling today? So I did want to talk a little bit about, um, we, well, we want to talk about IGN a little bit. Actually, let's okay. talk about that let's first. Let's close out I, with I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because we were going to talk about, well, I, I kind of wanted to talk about this first before we get into that. Yeah. So um, I've been seeing the reviews of the new Yakuza game, which is now, I guess, called Like a Dragon, um, Infinite Wealth. And it's been getting like 10 out of 10s and 9 out of 10s, you know, going back to just like normal video game stuff. Um, and I've actually been kind of like, I've never played Yakuza. And you should get it. Uh, but I'm worried that there's like 20 games behind this one that I'm not going to understand the story. <laughs> And so I'm like intimidated by that, but it's been getting like really good reviews and I've seen like gameplay of Yakuza and I know it's like kind of wacky and kind of fun and it's like doesn't take wacky. itself very seriously. And so I'm like kind of cool. I like kind of like that, but I was also listening to like giant bomb um, podcasts about it and they were like, Oh yeah, I played like easily 80 hours in the game before. And I'm like, Oh, so not only is it a fucking huge game, you know, it's also like a story I'm not familiar with. So I'm like hesitant to get into it. So maybe I'll wait for it to go well, on like Game Pass. I might be slightly misinformed here, but I was I, I thought Like a Dragon was the series that was the turn based fighting. So it's part of Yakuza, but the Like a Dragon ones are turn based. Like so I played. Uh, oh, man. Uh, ew, shoot, guys. What's the uh, what's the one that came out before this? Oh, Gaiden. There's like like oh, no, a it's just called like a dragon. It's just called like a dragon. Oh, Yakuza okay. like a dragon. And that one, it's it's a turn based. It's really fun. It's really wacky. Mm. Like it's one of those games where you can go and do karaoke in in Japan. Yeah. You know, like it's really silly. So yeah, uh, highly this recommend one, it. This one takes place in like Hawaii, but they, it's like I, I really the like there's like DoorDash. You can basically DoorDash, and there's like crazy taxi <laughs> mode, and you can do and you do all these like odd jobs and stuff like that. But then on the flip side, it's like very narrative based. It's very much on the story and the relationship of the characters and the growth of the characters and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And the, all of the characters are from previous installments, so it's like if if you have had play that, it'll come over. So I'm kind of interested to pick that one up. Um, I probably probably on Game Pass because I'm pretty sure they're all on Game Pass. Yeah, and then, you might just want to start with the first one and see if you like that. I yeah, I'm debating if I want to just do a YouTube recap or if I should can't actually play old games. If they're too oh. old, he automatically yeah. hates it. He's just talking shit about near Automata because I didn't like that game. I'm like, it's not know, even I'm old. It's like, <laughs> your I'm, words yesterday. You're like, it's it's too it's, old. Okay. It felt old. It felt much older than it was. If from a game that's from 2017, it felt like it was from like 2010. And I know. Oh I'm my god! Old. No, no, another video. Completely whole another topic. I mean, a need lot a of people. This guy about this Nero is ridiculous. Maybe 2015 at best. It was but, like a standout <laughs> game that year. Absolutely I know. Like, one game of the year. Or at yeah. least it was <laughs> no, like, no, it won game music of the year. Well, it was definitely a nominee. I'm like I, I recognize that I'm like literally the only person in the world that has this opinion <laughs> so I will I will shut up 
bring the hate <laughs> YouTube yeah. and Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, YouTube <laughs> yeah, already this hates is me. This is going to be the the, the, bring the, bad the hate. comments. <laughs> yeah, make YouTube. sure we clip this. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Just to close out, because I know we're running out of time here. I just got to say. Tech and music is hype as hell. It is so freaking good. Oh my god, I could. Li- I've been listening to the soundtrack all the time. It's so amazing. That's all. Uh, and uh, mic drop. So nice. I'm gonna just say too, and that's where we're gonna talk about this really quickly. Also, is like I hope that everybody listening sees the stuff happening with IGN and Suicide Squad about not getting an early code and can stop this like conspiracy bullshit about paid reviews and that like, these outlets take money to pay good reviews. Uh, Cause it's just not true at all. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like these outlets do not take money to do good reviews. Uh, you know, like IGN super reputable. I do think it's kind of funny because IGN is so big that they very, very rarely ever get turned away for a code. And so like, they're kind of ha- like, it, like they're kind of like they're salty down a little bit about it mm-hmm. and it's like i get it you know but like there's other outlets you know that frequently get denied codes for different reasons whether they're like always negative or their readership is really low and you know like i know people want to think like oh they have like thousands of codes and like there's usually a good amount but like they, they are limited you know and there's like hundreds of outlets trying to get these review codes every time so not everyone's going to be able to get one you know as much as like everyone would love that you know but um you know i it's an interesting thing to see playing out on social media right now and like you know it happens like a couple times a year where a big outlet will kind of like put someone on blast because they got denied a code and i'll say from the pr side of it of like working in games pr and like being the person who decides who gets what like I am a huge advocate of fair criticism. If you are providing fair, justifiable criticism, because not every game is good. Like, that's just the fact of the matter. Like, not every game is good. And, you know, like, if you're giving a game a six because it's not good, like, that's fair. And, like, I will, I've never denied somebody a code because they give fair criticism. But there are outlets out there that just outright will be snarky for clickbait or they just hate a company and they just always score that, that uh, yeah. company's games low, mm-hmm. you know? And like, if you're an outlet like that or a person that, and you're asking for code, like how can you be upset when you get turned away? And I'm not saying IGN is this. IGN is not like that. IGN is much, uh, very much in the, the former of, of fair, yeah. you know, but it's just like, dude, like, you know, so I've, believe in fair criticism i think like you know the game deserves it then you know cool i'm not i'm not going to turn you away because of it um but if you're an asshole and you're just trying to get clicks because you want to be an asshole well don't come to me because you're not going to get one (laughs) yeah it's definitely interesting like the drama going on because it's a it's a bad look from wb and rocksteady it's it's kind of it's you know it's funny that ign has to report on that right they're like they they that this doesn't happen so like often enough that they're like, hey, like we did. This is actually news that we weren't given a code, and it's like because they gave the preview kind of a bad. Yeah, that's review, the important right? part. They said, oh hey, this game doesn't look good, and so you know they said Rockstead, we we played it and we and, didn't enjoy it or we didn't like it. Yeah, we didn't like it. And so, like, the company made a decision. Either one, they know that the game isn't going to do very good. And so they're like, hey, we 
Like, I don't know if that preview has anything to do with it. Likely it does, but let's just say it doesn't. Even if it doesn't, they were like, hey, we know the game's probably not going to be that great. It's going to score very poorly. So let's just not give it to IGN because they're one, they have a huge base. Or B, they know that they was going to get a bad score because of that, that so there's, there's review. There's two outcomes here. And again, this is from like doing what, this for a what living. You, what is the bell? What? Is it a what guitar? Is, what? Are you smacking a guitar or like a case or oh, something? I think I hit my mic stand. The, 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 oh, the spring. The, the, the spring, spring is, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. it's right above my hand. Um, so when I lifted my hand off my mouse, I, I clinked it. But um, yeah, there's two different scenarios here. Typically, this isn't like a say I'll do all. Like, But typically, if a game is not getting... So just so you guys know, AAA publishers, they do what's called mock reviews. A mock review is where they hire journalists or former journalists who no longer report. Um, usually it's all former journalists, uh, obviously, because it'd be conflict. Um, they hire them to do in-depth scored reviews before a game will come out. And that will give them some insights of, like, from a journalistic perspective, like, what are some things wrong with the game? You know, um, and, and what is, like, a potential review score that 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 person would give the game based on what they're playing. Um, now, again, like this isn't always the case, but if the game comes back and like they do three or four mock reviews and it scores really low, they might say like, Hey, like we need to de- delay the game because we're getting really bad review scores. It's not going to review well. Like we need to fix these things that are obviously wrong with it. Um, Another scenario, like that's the most likely scenario. Um, but another scenario is like if they know the game's going to score well, they won't give out codes to anybody ahead mm-hmm. of time because they don't want reviews to go live either at the day of launch or pre-launch and mm. be really poor and then impact sales. So they'll just be like, we're not going to give out review codes to anybody until the day of launch. So then nobody has scored reviews up that day. And hopefully people will still buy the game. Um, so it's usually either that is the one scenario um, or the other scenario is, yeah, like they did a really bad review or they're just a hater and they won't get a review code uh, either until launch day or yeah. at all. Um, so I'm going to assume I really don't know on, on this one. Again, I don't work on on this game, um, but uh, that's usually the two either like they're either singling out an outlet or they're not giving it to everybody. I want to. I had to guess. I'm going to say it's probably that they're singling out IGN because I feel like IGN must know that other outlets are getting their review codes because journalists talk. Um, which again, it's just it's a really bad luck to to do that. IGN is huge; they have lots of traffic. They're really at the top of the food chain in terms of like not only um, readership but like credibility and respectability. So, yeah, so it's not yeah, an outlet I, I'd I, ever I... turn away. Yeah, I was going to say that some similar is like I would if they if they hadn't given it to anybody, it would be a different conversation slightly. I mean, it would, we'd probably still be similar. But um, the fact that IGN had to report about it at all probably means exactly like you were saying is that they're they're probably the only ones, which is kind of sour. Right. It's kind yeah. of like Not the it's only like, ones, but they're they're of a handful, probably. Right. Right. But, you know, given the, their status and everything like that, it yeah. makes it an interesting and deliberate choice. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how Suicide Squad is 
received. I mean, did you see the new Joker character that they announced or whatever? No. It does not. It's it's different. It's different. I don't want to say it looks like bad or anything like that because some people <laughs> probably like it, but he's like it's it's a alternate universe Joker cuz the oh. Arkham Arkhamverse or whatever you want to call it, Joker is dead, right? You you end up, you kill him oh. in one of the one of the Arkham games. And so mm. he's like an alternate universe version of Joker, but he's like a young Joker <laughs> and <laughs> Doesn't I don't know. He's, he's a it just different doesn't take. hit the same. Yeah. It doesn't hit the same. That's the thing. It's like I he, I, I don't want to say the word bad because he's not. It's not like bad inherently. It's not bad. It's just kind of a. There's a lot of expectations with that character, and he he kind of is more of that like hyper young kind of energy the, um... as opposed to the like chaos energy, you know. Yeah, with well, the um, uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, um, Jared Leto. Jared the Leto bro. version. Yeah, the Bro Joker. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. It, well, you know, only time will tell. Yeah, but um, I think that's a good time for us to wrap it up. Possibly on time, the first time ever. Um, we were pretty close last time, but um, we don't have any any write-ins. Um, but if in the future, if you want to ask us a question or leave us a comment, you can go to pixelatedrealms.org slash ask. You can leave us a comment and we'll talk about it at the end of the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 8 a.m. East Coast time on podcast services and YouTube. We really appreciate your guys' support. It means a lot. Uh, we love the comments, hateful or not. We um really appreciate everyone who's followed us and subscribed um throughout our journey i know we're we're a pretty new podcast so there's there's it's hard to find us and we really appreciate those who've stuck around um you can also find us on instagram threads and youtube at pixelated realms podcast and look forward to other content um on youtube soon and we appreciate everybody and thank you very much bye-bye see you guys next week cool cool